0: If you want to understand the meaning of the Nativity of Christ, look at the animals. They understand what it means that God became man. In the icon of the Nativity, there are always certain elements present in the icon. Things change, compositions, colors but you always see two animals at the manger of Christ. And that's from Isaiah, where Isaiah says, the ox and the ass recognize their master. And the artists that paint these little animals understand that within their expressions, there is the power of the recognition of the nativity of Christ. Their eyes say it all. They are in awe to be the first to minister to Christ, to keep him warm with their breaths at night. So we see in the animals that recognition and what it means that God took on flesh. We saw last week at the, the Nativity when Gregory the Lion jumped out to devour. Miles, the lamb, the black sheep. But Gregory was changed. He saw the light of Christ. It moved him in the depths of his soul. And even though the lamb looked delicious, he could not eat it. He was forever changed. In the scripture it says that in that day, the wolf and the lamb will graze together And the lion will eat straw like the ox, and dust will be the serpent's food. They will do no evil or harm in all my holy mountain. So sometimes in our modern society, we don't feel it. You don't see awe and wonder on our faces for what this event means. We have replaced it with other things. Martha, Martha. Mary has chosen the one thing that is needful. We have created in place of the living God in our midst symbols that don't satisfy. Symbols that don't move us when we empty them of their meaning. Each of us are prone to create idols, to substitute for the living God, the awesomeness of God in our midst, things that we are more comfortable with, things that we can understand and control. But we can't understand and control the awesome God. Jeremiah writes to his people, but my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this, and shudder. Be very desolate, declares the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. In the Old Testament, everyone was looking forward to the coming of the Messiah, this awesome and great event. And they had a different understanding of what that would look like and what that would mean. And so they didn't recognize it when it came in the form of a baby, vulnerable, dependent, without power. But yet, that was the way that God chose to bring Christ into the world. Isaiah writes to his people about their relationship with God. I permitted myself to be sought by those who did not ask for me. I permitted myself to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am. Here I am, to a nation which did not call on my name. I spread out my hands all day long to rebellious people who walk in the way which is not good, following their own thoughts. The people who continually provoke me to my face, offering sacrifices in gardens and burning incense or bricks, who sit among graves and spend the night in secret places, who eat swine's flesh. And the broth of unclean meat is in their pots who say, keep to yourself, do not come near me. Christ came to institute a new reality, the redemption and salvation of the world. And this is a mystery that never gets old. It's just our apprehension that may lack. And we have to struggle to tear down the idols that would replace the living God in our life. If we find ourselves empty or frustrated, if we find ourselves doubting, wondering, how could this be? Worse yet, if we find ourselves indifferent and apathetic. Christ says to Isaiah, Behold, I created new heavens and a new earth, and the former things will not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness. I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. That he has set us up And set us apart to contain the Creator of the universe. He has created His body, the church, where this message should be proclaimed from the housetops, that people should see in our hearts and in our eyes as they see in the donkey and the ox the joy of the incarnation. Isaiah writes, Behold, a king will reign righteously, and princes will rule justly. Each will be like a refuge from the wind and a shelter from the storm, like streams of water in a dry country, like the shade of a huge rock in a parched land. Then the eyes of those who see will not be blinded, and the ears of those who hear will listen. The mind of the hasty will discern the truth, and the tongue of the stammerers will hasten to speak clearly. No longer will the fool be called noble, or the rogue be spoken of as generous, for a a fool speaks nonsense, and his heart inclines towards wickedness, to practice ungodliness, and to speak error against the Lord, to keep the hungry person unsatisfied, and to withhold drink from the thirsty." As for a rogue, his weapons are evil. He devises wicked schemes to destroy the afflicted with slander, even though the needy one speaks what is right. But the noble man devises noble plans, and by noble plans he stands. We witness in our world not the things of which he speaks. We see unrighteousness, we see selfishness, we see injustice. This world has not yet been established in the world. But it has been established in the church. The place of refuge. The place of comfort. The place of Christ. The place where we come to worship him. To be strengthened. Let us not go away thirsty. Like the animals. Let's recognize who is in our midst. And worship him.